Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. There'd be a lot of poop in my hands. <laughs> <laughs> seen a six-foot alligator go swinging through the air and slam into a tree. These guys are the scientists of the supernatural, lecturers leaving lessons for inquiring laymen. They are applying the scientific method to a world that baffles science. They are the cryptids of the corn. But who else has big black wings and red eyes? Um, Batman. Oh, Mothman. Oh yeah, Mothman. A great white shark was stolen. Oh, someone stole a shark? I got stuff for you you don't even know about. She's a witch. She turned me into a newt. Who knows? Anything could be possible. Anything could be possible. It's really big mm-hmm. abduction vibes. Holy moly. It sounds like you were abducted. And it just stood up. I mean, it just like kept going and going. And she goes, what the Hello, hello, and welcome back to Cryptids of the Corn Podcast. I am the great and powerful mystery. And I am Clone 4, Jay. And together, we are joined by an amazing friend of the show. We had so much fun. You guys heard about him a couple weeks ago on the Encounter Quest review episode. Mm-hmm. We've been so excited to have him on. The alien hunter, Daryl Sims. Hello! Well, I'm d- glad to be here. This, you guys are, I'll tell you, you made such a big hit at that last conference. Everybody loved you, not... I mean that. I, yeah. Everybody liked the conference. Everybody liked the people over there. But uh, you guys were definitely the big hit. And I hate it that you stole all my thunder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we stole your thunder. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of people that drove just to, just to see you. Right. <laughs> well, they wasted their money. And they wasted their time. <laughs> you know, I, I'm glad I'm not the only one that thought that. Oh, jeez. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Like, no, we were super. <laughs> we were super excited to meet you. I think when we first heard months in advance, like yeah, yeah, because I knew nothing about you. And then when we heard about you, I'm like, oh, this sounds interesting. And then we told the stories, but when we how we kind of first met and stuff, like well, when we first walked to the hotel, you were there getting breakfast, and we're like, oh hey, you know, there's Daryl yeah, right there. You're like, is that Daryl? <laughs> uh, the guy in the cowboy outfit with the cowboy hat. You, you kind of stood out. Yeah. In in North Georgia, or not Georgia, North, North Carolina. Carolina. I keep yeah. saying Georgia. <laughs> but I, I remember telling Jess, like, yeah, if Daryl needs somebody to take him to lunch or whatever, you know, we'd be happy to if he's okay getting in a car with a bunch of weirdos from Ohio. Yeah, weirdos. And underst- I think when you saw my haircut, I'm surprised you didn't just hop out of the car or refuse immediately. Yeah, I thought about it, but I thought, you know, good night. These guys are probably on medication, and I, it's okay. I could take them. Hey, someone thought I had a condition there at the <laughs> conference. <laughs> One of our fellow speakers, which we're actually talking to him tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. He was afraid to address my haircut because he, he thought, thought he was. I had a condition, so a he condition. didn't want to bring it up. <laughs> and he admitted yeah. that later. And well, little you did d- have a condition, but we don't know what it is. I was going to say, he was. It's growing at an alarming rate. <laughs> <laughs> he was right. He just didn't know it. But uh, 
accomplished author, alien hunter, the alien implant guy. I've heard you called all these things. Uh, before we get rocking and rolling, would you take a second to introduce your books or tell people where to go to find stuff about you or anything like that? Well, certainly, if uh, if people are interested, I'm, I'm I'm not much into marketing and that sort of thing, but I I do love people and uh, and for those that are interested in what we do have, we don't have much, but uh, I've got two books. One is the Alien Hunter. Uh, the evidence light, how to find evidence, how I found evidence. Now I like for people to replicate what I do because it's easy to do if you know what you're looking for. Second book is on alien implants and uh, that one's got everybody by surprise. But more important than that, ultimately I'm putting out a third book called uh, the, uh, the Alien Implants. It's the, the rest of the story and it, it's going to be a huge book that's going to break in uh, Manchester, England actually. But the bottom line is it's all located on alienhunter.com, thealienhunter.com. And uh, for those that are interested, all you got to do is click on the bottom of that thing. It says Alien Hunter. It'll email me directly. I answer all my emails. If I don't answer your email, email me a second time. Say, hey, you didn't answer. The reason is I didn't get it. Hmm. But if I get your email, I will answer it. I just I travel a lot, but I do. I do respect people and respect their questions. Well, thank you. And I'll have all that. I'll have your link below for everybody that wants to find your books or get a hold of you. It'll all be there. I try to make it as easy for people as possible. It'll be, it'll be under, it'll be said, uh, Daryl's links. And it'll be the big blue hyperlink thing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you for coming on the show. We, that was like one of our goals is get you. And then I didn't think we were going to have so much like the, the chance to hang out with you as much as we did. And we had a ball. Including well, me actually, trying to eat your UFO. Kind of, that was kind of my choice uh, because uh, there were all kinds of people to hang out with, and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed both of you. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, thank you. Well, at least one of you, <laughs> and you can far, fight we'll over. We'll fight. Whoever. We'll figure that out later. <laughs> yeah. But if you give us any more compliments, I don't think I'll be able to wear these headphones anymore. My head well, will no, get too no, big. A, a, a compliment <laughs> is a compliment's meant to garner favor, and a, 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 an observation in the scientific sense of the word is a fact. Mm. And it's a fact. Well, thank you. Ah, you're definitely garnering that favor. It's it's working. Good. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Uh, but you, besides the alien stuff, you have a very accomplished background that I think is uh, lacking in a lot of this field. That, you know, a lot of people, how do I say this without being mean to some other people? All these people just come on and spout stuff and they have no understanding of anything out. Like, we've gotten yelled at by a lot of the ufo community for nothing like for we you know it's just odd but could you go into your background your history a little bit certainly uh i my background uh, from an investigative point of view is uh i, I was a, a licensed private investigator in the state of uh and still am in the state of texas and uh by the main thing i hit there is the hardest i what i love to do is of course bounty hunting and Fugitive recovery agents, what the euphemism is, but it's bounty hunting. Mm -hmm. And uh, the second thing I do is uh, financial crimes. People that steal, like your your uncle lends you, uh, you 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 lend him hundred thousand dollars of your money, and all of a sudden you notice that uh, the money's been spent and he's gone. There's nothing you can do about it. Well, yeah. I, I encourage them highly to uh, 
return your money. And uh, anyway, it's I, I go after them on a criminal level, and uh, people get righteous all of a sudden when they hear the click of those handcuffs. But basically, I was a private investigator in the state of Texas. Uh, I joined the during the Vietnam War. I quit college at New Mexico State University and uh, joined the war effort because uh, I kind of red, white, and blue, kind of old, old school, to say the very least. Uh, I didn't like the Vietnam War. I don't like war, period. Mm -hmm. But the fact is, if it's going to be fought, uh, all of my people are Native American, Indian, Irish, Celtic, Scottish, and busting head and taking names is all we've ever done our entire history. Better to send me than to send your own family because they're probably not going to survive, and if they do, uh, it's going to it's going to be horrible. Mm -hmm. And uh, better better to send me to fight your enemies than to send your own children. So that I ended up in the in the uh, during the Vietnam War in at Fort Gordon, Georgia. Believe it or not, that's a military police school. While I was there, I was interviewed by and me and a number of other people were interviewed by some guys in suits. We had no idea who they were, or what they were. And finally, I. They kept telling me, you'll never go to Vietnam if we select you, and I want you personally. I'm, I, You're it. And I'm like, who are these guys? They never would tell us who they were. Long story endless. Uh, I uh, finally volunteered to go into a group, me and seven other people, and uh, we uh, ended up going to Fort Gordon, not, not Fort Gordon, uh, Fort Myer in uh, Washington, D.C. for several months till our uh, unbeknownst to us, top secret clearance was finished if we qualified. And then we were escorted out of the military police onto a Learjet and uh, on this fancy Learjet with these guys in Hong Kong suits sitting there and they're looking at us like we were diseased. We were looking at them like, who are these guys? And, they, and a few days later, they said, your clearance is in, come on in. And they introduced us to the, at this top secret uh, insulation where we were at. It's basically it's a spy camp at the Central Intelligence Agency, mm. and they said, "Welcome to the family. You're now family." Mm. <laughs> so you joined the club. Well, I actually didn't know what I joined. Right, <laughs> right. Unbeknownst to you, you know, it, it's called sheep dipping in the technical term for the military. They dip into the sheep, and that's what we were, and they pick out the best of what they want for whatever they want, and that's how I ended up in the CIA for two years in covert operations. Interesting. So an actual, an actual CIA man. Yeah. That's well, kind kind of kind of yeah, yeah, kind of. I, I don't tout that because I was there. I was employed by then, and it, it's on my DD form two fourteen, so to speak, if you know how to look for it, but. Uh, Later, I, I, I got out and spent the last year of my tour in the military. I went to ASCOM, Korea, and spent the last year of my tour in Korea as a senior military police officer. And I bring a heavy investigative background to the UFO phenomena. Hmm. The reason oh. I'm interested in the UFO phenomena was because I was abducted at age four, had no idea what was going on, had no clue what was going on, did not know what that, that little thing was in my room that looked like a humanoid-type entity. He had uh, perfectly round black eyes. In fact, if I may show you a little prop here, the eyes look just like that, if I can get them up there. Perfectly round, and they were black, and I'll put them over my own like that. Yeah. That's what they looked like, and I had no idea what it was. 
what it was doing in my room. It was freezing cold. It didn't have clothes. And uh, I couldn't figure it out at all. It, none of it made any sense to me. But uh, long story short is uh, I didn't know that he had just brought me back through the wall where we had come and uh, put me back in my little bed. And the problem was uh, I uh, had this propensity to wake up, so to speak, or get switched on. Now, he's operating with me in my subconscious. In other words, he's got me, he, he's going to put me back in bed so that I won't remember. The problem is I woke up. Now I'm looking at him and he's like, now we got a problem. Back in the 19, this is 1952, uh, for a lot of you were ever born, mm -hmm. and uh, no one knew anything about aliens. Nobody, there was no alien shows. That, that's all of this just non-existent stuff. And I hear for the first time in my life, a voice in my head, and it's his voice, it's not mine, and it says, it's awake. And I realize at that point that I'm on the same channel he's on, but that don't make any sense. He, he didn't move his little slit for a mouth, and he, I can hear him. So little kids look at things differently than adults. Uh, an adult might have looked at him and said, oh, my God, it's an alien from another planet or some weird thing like that. I don't know. I wouldn't know what an alien was if, if it came in my room and there it was. And I still had no idea what it was. Mm -hmm. So basically, uh, little kids observe things differently than adults. Uh, when you're questioning a kid in a crime, they will answer different than an adult. And what I saw in that room, first of all, was the large black eyes. Then my eyes went down from... To his chest, he had no mammary glands. Uh, and notice he had no belly button. He had no clothes on, and he didn't have a TT. <laughs> I mean, I was absolutely right. baffled. If we're we've got all these parts, why doesn't he? I can't figure. He has no ears that I can see, a slit for a mouth, a, a two little tiny holes for a nose, and large black eyes. And he talks with his head. I mean, his head speaks to me, head to head skull to skull uh, transmission so to speak so i'm i'm totally baffled i don't i don't get it long story short and this is kind of important for your viewers if they have any interest in this phenomena because it's absolutely 100 percent true uh as he he moved toward me at that point i wasn't paralyzed i wasn't scared i wasn't anything i just couldn't figure out what this little guy is with no clothes doing in my room i mean he should be freezing to death because it's winter time outside you were saying where you were at in Texas. Yeah, Midland, Texas. I was in Midland, Texas, and uh, nothing like that. I never never heard of anything. No one knew anything about that. So the entity moved toward me, uh, and I instantly became paralyzed, and I had no idea what that was or meant. Now, as an investigator, I know what it means. It means he transferred his uh, his uh, that, kind, that paralysis to me, uh, that fear that I had, that I was experiencing, that I'd never known anything like it. Uh, there, there's not anything in human consciousness, I can tell you, that is like that fear. And he tr he was transferring his fear to me, which paralyzes you on the spot. Hmm. So long story short, uh, uh, I was paralyzed. I, I, I fell back on the bed, scared half to death. And uh, I pushed so hard against the bed as he came closer to me that I pushed my little tiny cot, little tiny bed apart from the wall, and I felt then my head and 
shoulders hit the floor, basically. Uh, half of me is still up on the little bed, and it's the uh, any child's nightmare of nightmares. It lifted up the covers of the bed and looked under the bed at me uh, and got his large head with his huge black eyes right next to my eyes, and he gave me the image of a clown. He wanted me to think he was a clown, and that was a bad dream. I kept shaking my head back and forth. No, no, no. I wanted to remember him for what he was, not for the clown he was trying to make me think he was. He was not shape-shifting. Some of your audience will understand this. He was not shape-shifting. He was playing with my subconscious, trying to keep me back into my subconscious so he could manipulate that consciousness with uh, something we refer to as a screen image or a screen dream. He wanted me to think he was a clown and that that was all that happened that night. But I remembered every detail. And last thing I remember, my bed was put back properly. I was back in it, covered up properly. And then he was gone. The next morning, my parents noticed I was extremely upset. And I never would tell them why. I never answered that question. My mom was 89 years old. Uh, she passed away very recently. And before she died, she says, why did you never tell me you were an abductee? And that's because I didn't want to see that goopy looking, Boo Radley look on your face back then that I see now. It's hard for you to believe even now. So I, I, I didn't want to hear it. So that's the short version of the story. My events continued for 10 years, excuse me, for 13 years from age four to age 17. They ended violently at age 17. And I, after that, I thought, wonderful, God bless America, you know, that stopped, it's over, they'll never be back. But they did come back, and that's what made me the alien hunter. They came back and got my six-year-old son. Mm. Now, you can get me, I can live with it, I'll figure it out, I'll deal with it. You come after my kids, and I will, I don't care what dimension you think you're from, what planet you think you're from, or anything else, I will hunt you down, and that's what I do. I am the alien hunter. I want to know all about them. I want to know every detail. That's why I bring an investigative and a scientific and a medical background to all that I do. Hmm. And you do it extremely well. Yeah. <laughs> Understatement. Well, uh, thank you for that, sir. Yeah, and then it's it makes my skin crawl thinking about you as a kid and your your son. You know, it's just because it's we hear it all over the place them doing this stuff. Uh, with the the image projection that they're trying to mess with your mind to make you think, like, for you as the clown, do you think that's why a lot of people now associate like them with owls, that that's kind of that they, mask? They they use images that are you're comfortable with mm -hmm. or that will or will focus you. The, the important thing is to focus you either in fear or in a way that will comfort you. Many of the children that are taken in these events, most people's abductions actually starts in childhood. But when these events happen, they will use like a teddy bear that's animated that moves around the room. It's him, but he's using the imagery of a teddy bear, something you're comfortable with. If you're someone like me that's a troublemaker, that's not cooperating, he's going to use something that will scare you half to death to focus you so they can pop you back into your subconscious instead of your conscious level thinking. And he mm -hmm. couldn't do that, so he finally just uh, put me to, put me out, and I remembered. Mm -hmm. hmm. Now, did they, they just do these things to scare you, to keep you, your mind 
I guess, preoccupied, so you don't know really what's going on? No, they actually, uh, they, they sometimes use them to focus you for other reasons. But uh, one of the reasons that they will, uh, some of the images they use is Casper the Friendly Ghost. Okay. Notice he has large black eyes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the imagery is, 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 is that of something that can, you can, it's a, it's a cartoon image. It, it's harmless. Uh-huh. Uh, an owl is large, large eyes, but it's, but it doesn't, it's not going to harm you. Uh, sometimes they'll give an image if you're hunting or you're at a, at a camp, you'll, a, a big wolf will come in your room where you were the other kids. They can't wake up, but you can. And a large wolf with large black eyes will be there. Or a deer with large black eyes, an elk, large black eyes. It's always the same thing. Mm. The idea is to it's either to frighten you or to hold you in awe of what's there. And then they can pop you into subconscious and then uh, they can, in effect, make you believe anything at that point. Are these things that, like, do they present to you as, like, dreams, like when you're sleeping? That, that's an excellent point. The uh, A lot of people that come to me about their abduction events will say, well, it had to be a dream because it's impossible. I'll give you one quick example that's a true story. Uh, the uh, A big UFO organization sent me this guy, and I wrote him back, and I said, the reason you send me these mental patients is because you can't deal with them. You don't know how to deal with them. And you, he actually put himself in a mental hospital. There was nothing wrong with him. Hmm. But he thought he was mentally ill because he kept seeing aliens at certain times during the month. He would, They would just appear, and it scared him half to death. He said, I must be insane. He, he put himself in a psych ward. In three days, they evaluated him and said, there's nothing wrong with you. You're 100% normal. There's nothing wrong with you. Whatever you're seeing, it's, it's apparently real. They did, we can't explain it. The wonderful part of the story is this young man, I talked to him and told him, I said, there's nothing wrong with you that I can find. There's no psychopathology that I can see or, or note in any sense of the word. And anyway, I took his case. He sent me a photograph. Uh, he told me about it. He said, my friend, my roommate, took my car and ran a stoplight here in Los Angeles. Mm. I said, and? He said, well, the first thing they do, they they click some, a picture of you, the inside of your car, the license plate, and you owe 350 bucks. You're, you're, you're done. And I said, good night. And he says, look in the back. He showed me, sent me the picture, sent me a picture of it. And, oh, my God, there's an alien sitting in the back seat of his car. He had, his friend had been abducted and an alien sitting in the back seat of the car. Now, we only have three, like three cases of that, but we got one of them and photographed, fil filmed and photographed for the city of Los Angeles. Thank you, Sheriff's Department of, of, of Los Angeles. And I had the guy send me the exact, not a copy, but the original of that, uh, of that ticket, of course. And there's an alien sitting in the back seat. And I it did a wonderful presentation at a conference. And this is the... This is the, the 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 version of it on this video, this DVD. I have a picture of the alien in the back seat of the car. Mm, the same one. Thank yeah. you, LA. I love it. You I showed it. you showed us this at the conference, and it is a a very terrifying picture. Mm -hmm. I I don't know how I would re if that if that was me. I don't know how I would react. I I can't remember. Did the uh, 
did the guy run the red light because did he remember running it or no he he, he ran a red light he just he was taking his car his friend's car without permission it's called car theft where i come from oh yeah that thing but uh anyway he ran a red light and thank god he did because i got the picture of the alien who was abducting him at the time hmm, okay that's insane uh, evidence is everything to me right yeah you need a physical because i mean a lot of this stuff uh well not this stuff but it's just almost hearsay you know just people's experiences and what they went through and there's nothing like physical you know left behind for you to say like they're telling the truth or not so when there is it just makes a big point to some of this stuff is actually going on it's actually real it's actually happening but you need that tangible evidence to really prove that to people well if where i come from uh i use seven different hats to uh do my work the seven different hats are it's the best way to think about that is uh literally uh as i tell people in a, in conferences everyone in this room for the most part has a ufo hat in other words uh they they want to see a ufo they want to see this they want to see all that and everything they're not an investigator they're just a ufo you you interested in ufos mm -hmm. i call it the ufo hat the problem with having that hat is it's been fooled. It's often lied to, cheats, as you talked about, UFO people who are not really good investigators mm -hmm. or they're, they're, just, they're there for the money for no other reason. Uh, they can't wear these type of hats, so to speak. Uh, but I carry also a cop hat. And that's a hat that it does much more. It's, it doesn't care about your story. It just cares about the facts. And that's it. And then I've got a medical hat. My medical hat is the hat that I use. I, I, we have doctors and others that work with us. I have uh, conducted 27 surgical interventions from India to the United States, removing objects from people that should never, ever have been there. And uh, by that, I mean alien implants is an example. Then we've got, after that, you've got to have a science hat because you've got to, it, what is that? What is it you surgically removed? What is that thing? It turns out to be extraterrestrial in origin. You're going to have to have a science hat that handles that. And the last several hats I've got here is one is a, a Native American Indian hat, the Irish Celtic. That's 45% of the people taken in these events are Native American, Irish, Scottish, and Celtic. Mm. And uh, that's just a fact of nature. The last hat I have is a spiritual hat. That hat is a hat that it can include, uh, but it's beyond just the idea of religion that's made or even hosted by man in some cases, it's more than a psychic and intuition. It literally is the remarkable part of the of our work because it can look at anything from uh, other levels. And uh, it, it's absolutely profound and it, it's pretty, pretty amazing stuff. But anyway, those seven hats are the hats that I have to use to for my investigations. That's what separates me from the, the crowd, so to speak. Uh, it's just that simple. And mm -hmm. I, when I, in other words, when I, you tell me a story, I saw a bright light or whatever <laughs> you hear from these people. Um, I've got seven hats looking at you at the same time. Mm -hmm. Every one of those hats has a different point of view. They don't all agree with each other, but they're all ex extremely specialized in their particular area. Um, did I add an eighth hat to your repertoire down in? You did for a fact. Uh, you had a hat that I, <laughs> was beyond my comprehension. I, 
I thought I needed medication after I saw your hat. <laughs> I think I think I need the medication. <laughs> yeah, you need that tinfoil hat added to your repertoire. You know that was a that was a fun hat. I that's as close to the UFO hat as I I've I referred to it because <laughs> it just doesn't quite get it. It's it's a good hat. It's a fun hat, but it just often doesn't get the message. It's not right. going to be able to figure out what the alien is or is about. Right. Exactly. Um, you said something about, you know, the spiritual hat, like when we bring that, I want to touch on that. I had this written down, um, with these, and I just put it in quote unquote aliens. Cause we talked about it, me and Justin, we don't know exactly what aliens are, but we just, I know they exist. We know they, they exist. Just don't know what they are. Yeah. And we just consider them not from here, like not from this place where we inhabit. They're just not mm-hmm. bound. They're not here. They're not meant to be here or something like that. They're just, we don't know where they're from, but we just call them not from here's. And uh, I I was going to ask the question, do you think, is this like a spiritual, like, I, I want to say a battle, like we're entangled with them, or is it a physical one? Well, in, in my opinion, uh, and I've got to, you have to understand, I've studied this phenomenon for forever, well over 50 years, yeah. and, and I've been involved in it since I was four, I'm 75 right now, so that means 71 years in since my abduction. So I think I, I have a pretty good handle on what's going on. I know virtually everybody that's anybody in the UFO community, and many of them, I knew them when they were nobody. Mm-hmm. In other words, they were out with their hat in their hands uh, trying to get a place to speak, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I've been all over the world. In fact, uh, after I go to Manchester, England, I'll I go to Scotland, Manchester, go to Italy, then I'll go to Istanbul, Turkey be on TV and do all kinds of stuff there. And then after that, I'll go to Gobekli Tepe again. Mm. And then Karan Tepe, the other big new find out there, mm-hmm. it's bigger than Gobekli Tepe. Then I'll go to Cappadocia where the Christians hid from the Romans when they were trying to kill them all uh, back many years ago. These are giant caves that they live in, lived in for all these years. But the bottom, answer your question, the bottom line is that if you look at the alien uh, with a with a medical hat on for a minute, as an example, uh, there are several problems with the alien. Uh, number one is uh, when you look at like, and I'll give I'll, I'll describe this for your audience. The alien, generally speaking, um, he is a, there. There are seven different primary kinds that we look at that are reported in these UFO events. The one of them is a little gray, little short guy, about three foot tall. Uh, he's got an IQ. Now, when I tell you this, you're not going to read this in books. This is not out there. What you're hearing is new. It's it's not out there. Mm-hmm. The little gray alien has got an IQ of about 80. 80. That's a moron. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you say, well, why would they... Why would they have a moron for an alien? Because he's made, hatched, cloned, and manufactured for the purpose of doing certain tasks. One of them is picking up the pizza, as I call it. The cosmic pizza is you. Mm-hmm. And the problem is when he takes you back to your house and puts you back in bed or whatever, like they did me, they often put you upside down on your bed or in the wrong bed, the wrong location, put you back in the chair, he makes mistakes, is my point. He's only got an IQ of about 80. He makes huge mistakes. He'll put your clothes on inside out or backwards. He doesn't know how your clothes go exactly. 
He just knows that's where he, he that that's all that's the best he can do. So that's why people wake up and they realize something's wrong with his picture. How would I wake up on top of my covers on my bed with my with my pajamas folded at the end of my bed? Mm-hmm. I would never do that. That can't happen. And then you keep having these flashbacks of these guy or this owl with large black eyes uh, taking you out of your room. You know, like but owls don't take people out of the room. This is insane. This is impossible. But that was the screen memory that was left with you. The second guy is a, a, a gray that looks just like him, but he's a lot taller. He's got an IQ of about 135 to 140. He's a lot smarter, lot smarter. And if anybody's going to cut on you or put an implant in you or something like that, he's the guy that's going to do it. He's, he's the little guys were scared to death of him because they live in a society not like ours at all. It's a, it, it's easier to describe it as a militaristic society but it's one of uh, extreme communism is an example, very, very uh, authoritarian type things. Uh, the Chinese live in societies like that in mm-hmm. their militarist societies, very structured and very, very dangerous to, to oppose someone. The third guy you might look at as a, uh, is a, a praying mantis. He's about seven foot tall. He's got an IQ of about 170. He's extremely intelligent, very, smart and he's there's going to be a programming done generally he'll be the guy that does it uh then there's another guy that looks like a reptile before you move on to that type we're going to take a quick break so you were saying the fourth type is the reptile type the reptile guy is kind of interesting he's uh he's uh in charge and very mean okay Uh, a lot a lot of people and answer your spiritual question here is a good example um, everybody says, well, there's aliens from other planets. I said, what if they weren't? Well, they have to be. No, they don't have to be. They are because you need them to be from another planet. Mm-hmm. The fact is uh, we have to go with evidence. Evidence suggests something different. <clears throat> Give me an example. I said, okay, example. Uh, some of these guys I listed them all. I said, one of them looks like a reptile. Well, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it actually does. I said, the question one has to ask is, um, if could they after they asked that there was a spiritual element as you did, and I said if you go to the book of Genesis the third chapter, Adam and Eve are in the Garden of Eden. Who do you think shows up to create havoc between them and God and between to basically to try to divide the family and to break their relationship with God? It's a reptile. Mm-hmm. He's he's on two legs. He's speaking, and one guy's well that's it the snake and I said. Sir, don't pretend to actually understand scripture when you're uh, you're a three alarm idiot. (laughs) I said there in the Hebrew language there are three specific words that are called a triple entendre that describes that creature. One of them is a serpent. The other one describes how he actually uh, looks and everything. It's called the uh, it's basically a dragon standing on two legs, the reptile. Mm-hmm. And the third one describes his actual nature in other places of the Bible, and he's, ca- he's called the Shining One. Mm. I said, you probably are ignorant enough to call him uh, Satan. I said, but it, the word is Satan in the Hebrew, and uh, it's actually, they're different, the word devil, 
sometimes is used. I said the word devil means destroyer. Satan means deceiver. Mm. If you understand that, you understand a lot about the UFO phenomena before you even get started. Mm-hmm. I said the third, fourth, another entity shows up as a is a human being like person. It's a they refer to them as the Nordic. And I said, let me give you a short version of all this. I said, with still using the medical hat, for an instance, if we look at each one of these entities and don't go off and put our UFO hat on and say, those are all aliens from another planet. What if we just use the medical hat and look at it from a scientific point of view and say, wait a minute, the DNA of every one of those comes from planet Earth. Hmm. No, that's not true. The Nordic is an alien from another planet. Really? Where would you get Nordic DNA, I suppose? I'm going to take a wild (laughs) guess here. Hmm. Norway? So uh, you could get human DNA right here on planet Earth. And and you get reptilian DNA, probably planet Earth. You get several hundred species of reptile. Uh, You're a biologist. You know what I'm talking Mm -hmm. about. You know this better than anybody. And uh, where would you get uh, praying mantis DNA? I don't know, several hundred species of those here on planet Earth. Yeah, where would I'm that suspecting, come from? Yeah, that would be like the we are the cosmic Walmart of DNA. <laughs> and uh, the, the bottom line is that you have to let, So I went to my Native American buddy. He, he, he died this, uh, two months ago, I think it was. Mm. And uh, anyway, I, before he died, I said, where did the uh, alien come from, the little gray alien? He said, oh, they come from the star. They're the star people. I said, don't talk to me like I'm white. You talk to me like native. You don't treat me like a white guy. That's the kind of garbage you tell them white people. Mm-hmm. Now, where does he come from? Oh, these are the ant people. They come from inside the earth. Mm. I said, thank you. And I said, I said, so they come from inside the earth. The rest of the DNA comes from planet earth. I'm just going to take a wild guess. Somebody came here in charge out there, took DNA from here, took it back out in outer space, and re-modified this, and we call it transgenics. It's combining the DNA of different species and creating a different type of being that you basically are in charge of who has its primary objective to convince us these are aliens from other planets. What if they're not? Mm-hmm. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So there's an agenda. That's my point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, we talked about, we talk about that a lot. You know, I think I mentioned it earlier about them being not from here. And uh, I even have like my own thoughts, like with space, outer space and things like that. I don't think me personally, I don't think space is real in a sense of what they tell us and things like that. I don't think things are coming from space because I don't think. Me personally, I don't think there's like planets floating around light years away that things are flying ships, you know, through portals or whatnot, even just through space time itself, landing here, dropping off things. I just don't believe in any of that. So I think. Well, it's interesting you should bring that up because there there, there are probably a 
a small part of the population, probably three or four percent, that actually believe exactly as you do, and they actually have uh, some degree of uh, of uh, rationale, uh, intuition, and and logic that follows their viewpoint. I personally uh, uh, don't buy into it, but that's not the point. Mm-hmm. It's a well thought out position, is what I'm telling you. It's not airhead stuff. Yeah, it's he's it, being it, polite it, to it, you. It, 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, as far as you, as far as you know. <laughs> oh, don't worry. He gets it from me all the time. <laughs> like the, I'm, I'm sure he does. Like my whole picture, my view of everything is like I think Earth, where we live in this realm, I, I view it as more of a realm. Like this is a special place, and I think that's why yes. human beings are so special. And you know, I think we were created that way in God's image, and this is a place for us to experience what only we can experience here. You know, whether it be like physical things or emotional things, but this is a grounds for us to be able to do it and i think uh you know other entities and i just view it as like one big encompassing realm and i think there's separate realms below us and i think there's separate realms above us that you know we may not physically have access to getting to but maybe in a spiritual or mental sense we do have access to those things well i i am i am uh, uh very familiar with your hypothesis and uh, it's it's not it's not an unheard hypothesis. It's been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. It didn't start yesterday. Uh, I, I I am of the viewpoint that there is more. I, I think what you're saying is correct, mm-hmm. and there's more. Yeah. My, only difference between me and you, mine's bigger. Yeah. But that it has to be. I'm an alien hunter. I have my everything I got's got to be bigger. You know, yeah, from Texas. In Texas. Yeah. I was say, have one side in Texas, and that's extra large. Yeah, and we call it small. So, uh, <laughs> so my 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 humorous point here is that uh, uh, one uh, a theologian uh, he's recently passed away. He's a wonderful man, Doctor Mike Heiser, passed away, mm-hmm. and he said the difference. He said he said my goodness. He said your your cosmology is much larger than ours. And I said, Doctor Mike, I said with great respect. It's because the cosmology is real. There's more than you imagine out there. Yeah. I said you're de- you're dealing with your your understanding, and nobody you don't know what you don't know. Nobody does. Right. And I said so. Anyway, we've had many discussions that were private like that. And uh, he's a great theologian and a great man. I'm a Christian myself. Uh, I'm I, 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 100% in that. Uh, but but the, the, as I told him i said you know there's something else out there the fallen ones there was a great if you want to use the the old biblical term which is it's incorrectly used but it's a good it's a good term for people in general there's a war in heaven there was yeah and a third of heaven fell so to speak that actually happened at the birth of christ during that time not there was several wars in my opinion but that it's an ongoing thing but that great war that took place uh, a third of heaven fell with him because the shining one I assure you there's nothing like him out there except God mm-hmm. and God made him and he is an amazing being uh, we could we could do a whole show just on yeah. the theology of it my point is that he that his crew made hash clone manufactured a group of entities we refer to as the aliens and that bunch of guys down here they they tell you oh, we're from Santa Reticula we're from here we're from there mm-hmm. you know they don't know where they're from it's like the movie uh 
the Blade Runner, mm-hmm. yeah. the replicants, mm-hmm. their memories installed. They don't know where they're from. They have right. no real memory. It's a program. They don't have one. Right. It's a program. That's all it is. And uh, and they're very good at doing what they do, except for the little gray. They make huge mistakes. But the other guys are pretty terrifying. And again, what kind of beings uh, operate? Beings of light operate in darkness. You know mm-hmm. that that ought to tell you a lot about these guys to begin 100%. with. A hundred percent. That that so, torturous the, nature with the abduct the abduction phenomena is horrid. Thank you. Thank you. The, the bottom line for me is uh, the, the scripture part of it. If you, if for those that are interested in scripture, it, it, to me, you, you don't have to be from a religious point of view, but you should be from an informational point of view. Yes. The scripture says that uh, there are principalities, powers, thrones, and dominions, and it describes exactly where they're located in the second heaven. The second heaven's space. Mm-hmm. And it says that's where they're at. That's exactly where they're at. And they have invaded this domain with this program, which is only 150 to 200 years old, and it's called the alien abduction phenomena. It's only a couple of hundred years old at the most. Hmm. Before that, they had other programs, other programs. They had a program long, long ago, back uh, past Adam's day in the day of Noah, and it was a program called the Giants. I call it the true Stone Age because they made stone monuments and things of immense size yeah. all over this planet. Yep. And it, it, and they had supernatural help. Their fathers. The scripture says that the fallen ones, the Bnei Elohim, that is the these are fallen angels left their heavenly bodies and took on human form and interbred with women mm-hmm. and per, the offspring were giants. They were the Nephilim, the 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 Anakim, the uh, Emim, there were three major races of them in the Middle East in particular. And that was the result of the, the flood of Noah. They were taking over the earth. They were going to destroy all of it. Mm-hmm. And they had destroyed and, and, and had infiltrated, in my opinion, all but eight people on the planet. And those eight people were put on an ark, on a boat. And they were, it, everybody said, well, how cruel. Not, no, in a science setting, if you're a scientist, you've got ten of the best, a, a, a whole planet full of lab rats, so to speak, or, or people, whatever you want to call them, all have been infected except eight. What do you do? Clear well, off the rest. Get, you have to get rid of the others. You're, right. you're a scientist. You know what yep. I'm talking about. Yeah, sterilize. You have to spare them. You have to get, you've got to save hmm. the eight, and that's what he did. And that's... Uh, that's the way it worked. It's like, uh, and that's a simplified version. Like the quail we just had. Oh, I just gosh. had. I had a batch of quail. They started eating their own eggs. I couldn't get no eggs out of them, so you had to go in there and cut all their heads off and eat them. I had to clear them, clear them out, get a new batch, and start fresh with good habits. Pretty that's simple. That's uh, that. It's a it's a simple process in science. Uh, if you get an infected, uh, e- even even in humanity, look if. If, if there are people who make who do stupid things like go out and steal a a, a piece of nuclear material, <laughs> like from a hospital or something like that, when you do that, I mean that you're you're going to get boys interested in you. You have no idea that what'll happen if you steal something. And there are people that do this. They steal a piece of nuclear material from wherever, and they don't realize you're going to get the dose doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And they they don't realize this thing is lethal and you're driving down the road and 
And eventually the Central Intelligence Agency and other boys get notified and they drive down the road. They get all everybody from where they're at forward uh, is moved off the highway. And there's a big special truck with these big sensors sticking out on both sides of the road, go down the highway because they know that you've already got the dose that are probably dead. Mm-hmm. But they're looking for the, the radioactive source. They'll usually find it on the side of the road next to your car, and you're some distance away where you fell over dead, uh, radiated. Mm-hmm. And they retrieve the source, put it back in a proper spot, and they bury you in a special grave. Again, they isolate you from the population because you have got the dose at that point. And they bury you in a special graveyard. It's a dump site, basically, for nu- nuclear waste. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's the way it works. Um, some of these things you brought up uh, just made me think of a couple questions. Um, like with the, you talked about the stone, like the Giants simulation, you called it. Um, would that explain like uh, structures like the Great Pyramids in Egypt, like how they were constructed? Were they constructed back during that simulation? And then a follow up. I love, a, I love, I love your, your thinking because you're, you're you're partially right, mostly right. Okay. The reason I say that is that the Great Pyramids, the, the, the Great Pyramid Sphinx are much far older mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. this time period. Right. It was it was built a, a long time ago. And it, it's actually mentioned, in my opinion, in the Bible. Uh, the scripture says that God says that I, I have set two things, uh, two things. He, uh, he says a pillar and an altar in the midst of the land of Egypt. Hmm. He didn't say when he built them, but he said they were put there a long time ago. That long time ago, I, my opinion was, you probably look 10 to, 10 to 12,000 years ago at least. Mm-hmm. And they were there when the ancient Mesmerites, who are the ancient Egyptians, mm-hmm. when they came to the land of Egypt, they saw a gigantic stone creature with the head of a of, of a of a woman, in my opinion, at the time for it was recarved, and it had the body of a lion, and the second thing they saw was a gigantic pyramid out there that was covered in limestone. It, it glistened when the sun came up. It looked like a giant jewel out in the desert. They didn't know what they were. Mm-hmm. They had no clue. Right. So they they called one of them uh, 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 literally a tomb, which it wasn't. There was nobody buried in it. There are no Egyptian symbols in it mm-hmm. anywhere, nor were there on the, the great sphinx. The sphinx means to bind closely together. The head of the woman and the head of the lion. It's the Virgo and Leo. It is the lion of Judah and the woman that gave him birth. Mm. Mm. And the sphinx is, is the sphinx supposedly is a lot older than even the pyramids were, or that's the speculation. I, I, I again, I don't know, but yeah. it, it's it is ancient. I don't, I, I wasn't there, so I don't right. know right. how it was made. But I, Egyptians didn't make it. They made right. All I'm kinds right of there with you for afterward. that. Right. Yeah. They and, made tons of replicas afterward. Yeah, and I was going to ask you that. It's not just in Egypt where. Uh, let's say replicas were made um, all over the world is the pyramid phenomenon, like places like China where they're covering it up, you know, planting trees over it. Are they trying to hide either that original, like if the pyramids were like an altar, let's like for God, you know, or let's, 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 let's make a correction. If I may. Yeah. There are two, two things that need to be clarified. One is a pyramid, which has a top this pyramidal, Mm -hmm. the whole object. The second thing I think we're talking about here, especially in Tulum, 
China and other places, especially in Mexico, yeah. Aztecs, Toltecs, Olmecs, and others who built these things, they did not build pyramids. They built ziggurats. Yep. Yeah. A ziggurat is not a pyramid. It's like a pyramid, but it's shaped differently, but it looks like one, but it has no top on it. It's like the stepped. top of it was used for human sacrifice. Hmm. Hmm. And that brings me to a connection to uh, like South America where they have the step pyramids in Mexico City. And the one is like the, what is it? The shining serpent. Like when the sun rises on the spring equinox. Thank you. Yeah. That you can see Thank the serpent you. rising to the top. The, the guy originally that came there in person was called the feathered serpent. Quasicodal mm -hmm. himself. Mm -hmm. The feathered serpent. Now, if you go back historically, you'll find the dinosaurs, many of them are probably feathered. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The feathered serpent uh, is a good illustration of the guy who came and started the quote-unquote high-level religion of human sacrifice. Mm. Now, who in the world would do that, I wonder? <laughs> yeah, it sounds, it sounds uh, very demonic. Thank you. And, yeah. and it was a, it was a world... I would I want to say it was a worldwide phenomenon because you're not it's it not was. just in South America. I think the Aborigines talked about the uh, the plumed serpent or the uh, uh, no the rainbow, the rainbow serpent. serpent for the Aborigines. Yeah, that they created bringer of knowledge. Yeah, all mm -hmm. and they have big paintings. The bringer of knowledge. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely and, correct. The uh, second thing about that you might want to note as well is that. Um, the giants were all over the earth mm -hmm. before the flood and after the flood. Mm -hmm. And Native Americans right here in the United States, the youths, uh, Paiutes fought giants and in fact killed the last group of them in a cave. And it's a historical fact. And uh, in fact, the Smithsonian came down, took all the evidence. Now, I'm not into conspiracy, but I'm telling you, they did take all the evidence. And there's a big iron gate in front of the cave right now. You can't go in there. So we've done... In case you're looking for DNA. Right. Yeah, we've done three hours on just the laws with the Smithsonian that the, the legal power they have is astronomical. And the people that are on the board of the Smithsonian, there's nobody... It's all tech giants. It's all like... it. The Smithsonian is... No ordinary people. The Smithsonian, people think of it as the museum you go to in D.C. you get to see. That right. is a part of it. But the that's real the show. Yeah, that's the that's the floor. That's the showroom. The front office. Yeah. We call it. And then the back office is these people that are stealing everything and throwing it in the river like they did with mammoths. They literally they just uh, was it last year they re-got the mammoths out of the, oh, the bones. The yeah. yeah. Like the tusks and stuff. Because they took all this mammoth ivory and threw it in the river. May I interject something? Yeah. <clears throat> there is a at some point if you want to do a, a, a show on this, well, I'll be glad to do it with you. And uh and show your audience where to find all this stuff. I don't like telling stories without sprinkling salt, salting it down with facts and a video. There is a lady uh, that uh, made an incredible discovery in, 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 on the internet. And uh, she, anyway, 60 Minutes went, went out and interviewed her. And they, they were talking to her and says, you, you discovered something. She said, yeah. And, and the the the, the archaeologist gave her the sixty minutes lady a little piece of rock, and she said, "Put that on your tongue." She does. She said, "Oh, it's stuck to my tongue." She said, "That's because it's not rock; it's bone." Right. She said, "What do you mean?" She said, "That's what bone does." And she said, "Well, you made an amazing discovery." She said, uh, "We did." 
She said, you took this 68 million year old bone of a T-Rex and you put it in a solution and d dissolved it. And she said, yeah, I've got some of it right here. And she lets the lady at 60 minutes look through it, through her a, a microscope. She said, oh my God, looks like soft tissue and blood cells. She said, is that what it is? Now you got to understand, it's like a PhD and a professor. Mm -hmm. And she, of course, she's not going to lose her career. She said, that's what it looks like. Right. Of course it is. Of course that's right. what it is. Mm -hmm. And the problem is, how do you get 68 million year old blood cells out of a fossil? But you can't. I was going right. to say, you Impossible. don't. Yeah. But the fact is, she did. How does that happen? Well, it, it's a hint that the fossils might not be near as old as you think they are. The yeah. time scale is off. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And we did, Way off. We did it with, uh, we talked about, quote unquote, the evolutionary time scale of eyes versus everything else. Eyes no, supposedly no. took like 120,000 years. It was some stupid little number compared to the, okay. to the rest. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it makes no How sense. How do you live all that time without eyeballs? Right. It's, it makes no that sense. Work? doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, so uh, it is fascinating to me that science, so-called, is the study of, uh, of, the, of, of the natural phenomena, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, a, and, a, and it does it in such a way that it's all, it's all self-improving. And I, I love that statement. The problem is it isn't self-improving. It's self-satisfying. Yeah. And when you get to a certain point, you no longer can discuss things. In fact, uh, you literally, it, it, any new discovery that 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 outdates, predates, or overdates their stuff, doesn't satisfy their curiosity, you're automatically, uh, you will lose your career. Yeah, yes, thrown out. lose your career. Scientists, and I worked with scientists for a long time, uh, scientists once... They just want to tear each other apart, and it's it's how you more people make their career off of tearing somebody else down than they do off of discovering something new. So it's it's created this system that funnels that information like that, and yeah, it's very it's if you look at a hundred years ago, what was accepted science? We we're like they're all idiots, you know. It's it's ridiculous what you think about a hundred, and then they're going to do the same thing with us. They, oh, they thought, you know, they thought this was this long ago, and they, you know, it's just how it happens. Well, I uh, went to, I was speaking at Hallam University in England years ago in the 90s, and a, 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 a professor came walking out of the, not, he just walked in the hall, and he looked over at my stuff, and he said, that's totally insane. He was looking at my implant work, mm -hmm. and surgeries and things we did. He said, that's, that's all, that's all bull crap. He used other words, but <laughs> anyway, I said, uh, okay. And he said, uh, I said, are you, uh, what do you do here? And he said, I'm a scientist. And I said, I, with respect, I don't agree with that. What do you mean? I don't think you're a scientist. I'm a scientist here at Halloween. He goes on and on. That's no, you're not a scientist. I am a scientist. I said, no, you're not. That's because any scientist walking by looking at this medical and scientific evidence would have said, do you have any background information to back any of this up on? 
I said, instead, you said this is all bullcrap. Mm -hmm. And I said, the only person who would say that would be a psychic. Because only a psychic would know what everything is automatically mm -hmm. without knowing anything. So therefore, you're a psychic. I'm not a scientist. You're a psychic. <laughs> you're a psychic. You're not, you're not a scientist. Well, wait a minute. Wait. Do, do you have any scientific evidence back then? I said, no, wait a minute. You're acting like a scientist now. Well, I think I'll answer your question. I see that notebook over there. 400 pages inside that notebook on all kinds of scientific data, some of which you may or may not be qualified to even read and understand. It may be outside the purview of your level of science. So the answer to your question is, yes, we do have science involved in our project. In fact, as whether you like it or not, I said, the Royal Society of Chemical Engineers has reviewed my alien evidence. Not under the name alien, of course. Right. But they have reviewed it. And I said, I just thought you might like to know that. It, yeah. That shut him up? He thanked me, shook my hand, and left. <laughs> Sounds about right. It's about the most you'll get out of him as far as acknowledging you as... I don't know. I don't, I don't care. I, we have right. a science hat. We have yeah. what I've reviewed with you here is a medical hat. Yeah. And then we take it to science. We ha Our work has been reviewed by uh, 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 people at Hallam University, Royal Society of Chemical Engineers, Constellation Laboratory, Stanford University, York University in Canada. Mm -hmm. And I can list them and list them and list them. The point is that our stuff smokes. Mm -hmm. It is what it is. You can argue it is alien or I don't, you can argue anything you want. You right. know, anybody can believe anything they want. Correct. Like the length of your hair or the lack of your hair. It can be <laughs> or both. Any length or short as you want it. It's just hair. Yeah, it can be long somewhere or short somewhere else. Isn't gonna, it isn't, it's still what it is. Yep. There's nothing. You can call it a rose by any other name, but when it's all over, it'll still smell like a rose. Mm -hmm. The evidence you have, like you just said, has so much pedigree compared to, that's what I love about you. Compared to everybody else, that, I kind of got sick of the UFO field. Uh, because of all of the, the mudslinging, all of the politics. It's not about anything besides politics. But you you have spectrograph analysis of the materials you have, amazing materials. Whether you want to, like you said, call it alien or not, the materials you have have non-Earth elements in them. They're either made in a, in a lab, they've been pulled out of human bodies, That they were put there. I mean, it's not stuff that occurs in humans. It's it's truly amazing. That is correct. And the 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 one study we did, the National Institute of Discovery Science, that's NIDS, uh, when they were in, still in operation, had 18 top scientists. They invited me and one of my doctors to go there to do a presentation for them. Many UFO people showed up as well to try to get their money. Uh, they were all turned down, every one of them, and including the Mutual UFO Network. They were turned down at the time, too. And uh, Bob Bigelow, the, who owns, he is the man, came down the stairs, really excited. He said, Daryl, he said, you're not going to believe it, but they've accepted your work. And they want you to pick out several implants and they'll study them. They'll, uh, they'll have them analyzed. And I said, I, only, I want them studied. I want them analyzed, but I want it a double-blind study. Yeah. I don't want anybody to know anything. Mm-hmm. I don't want anybody firing a bullet at me and said, you told them all these are alien. That's why they, no, I don't want anybody knowing anything about anything, nothing. 
He agreed, and they did that. My point is that out of all that study, which was constructed at Los Alamos, a government laboratory, and New Mexico Tech, a civilian uh, a state uh, university, at New Mexico Tech, they did a qualitative and quantitative analysis on the implants and found they were extraterrestrial in origin. But as soon as some idiot, unfortunately on my team at the time, which I later fired, called in and said, what did you find out about our uh, those uh, alien implants? And the mm. scientist said, what did you say? Yeah. He said, those are alien implants. We took them out of human body. He said, these are rare meteorites from the Wedbun Stadt of the Yautzschung meteorite. You're completely insane. You know what it's talking about. No, I'm a doctor. Removed them, and they hung up on him on the spot. Mm. Uh, fortunately, I have the first set of reports that came out before that, yeah. And, and I have the second set of reports where they tried to amend some of their answers. Nice try, buddy. But I got you. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I'd like to. I'd like to see their those reports analysis just to see what all they had to say before well, the influence. you can see it, but it's going to cost you a lot. Um, it's going to cost you. You'll have plenty. to actually shave your head. I'll shave a piece yeah. off and give yeah, it to I you. I want you. To, I want you to grow a Mohican, and then I'll let you read the first half of the report. And if you grow a sideways Mohican from ear to ear, I'll let oh. you read the rest of the report. I don't, I don't know if I have enough hair on <laughs> top of my head. I don't think do that's that. physically <laughs> possible anymore. <laughs> I can grow an upside down Mohican. Now uh, you I got can, some of the some of the information is on uh, on my website. Okay, alienhunter.org. But for those of you who want to see those reports, I'll be glad to send them to you free of charge. Everything we do here is a philanthropic effort. If you support us in any way, shape, or form, like our implant surgeries or anything, all those are done free. I don't charge these people a penny. Mm -hmm. And uh, everything I do, I beg, borrow, and steal practically uh, to get scientists and others to help us. But uh, everything we do is philanthropic. I'm here to find out who these cars are, what they're about, and to do it with seven different hats to analyze everything. And uh, our information, it is, a lot of it is private, but it's not secret. Hmm. And some of the information has to be private because some of the doctors will get vilified. Some of the scientists will be kicked out of their field. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I have to keep them private. I do. I just have to. I know that from firsthand. Like, it can be so easy as a scientist to ruin your career. Yes. Just by saying the wrong one thing, just one thing wrong, and Back you're gone. In the 90s, we, we had uh, a group of doctors. I was invited to speak to 250 surgeons at John Muir Medical Hospital, and I did on a med at, at an AMA-sponsored continuing education program for doctors, surgeons, and medical staff at John Muir Medical. <clears throat> in that presentation, I showed them medical complications of alleged human-alien contact, specifically implants. I showed them x-rays, and I told them if we, we had not done any surgeries at that time, I said, but if we do surgeries on these people, and we did the next year, I said, these objects will show several major things that are impossible if, from your viewpoint. And that's the reason I tell you these in advance is because I want you to throw it in my face and say, see there? They're all normal. Those are just uh, spatter effect from a hand grenade. They were this, they were that. It was nothing. It was pencil lead mm -hmm. uh, stabbed a kid <laughs> in the hand when he was a kid. That wasn't anything. No, they were rare metals from a rare meteorite. 
so rare that they couldn't figure out where I got it. Yeah, the right. Needle-like projections about a quarter inch long. And uh, how they get inside the human body, that's not the real important part. The real important part is how they get inside a biological cocoon that hit them and had its own biology, its own system, self-contained inside that biology so that the human body would not recognize any of it as a foreign object. Right. How in the world? A Nobel laureate told me, Mr. Sims, if you could replicate that biology alone, forget the implant, the biology. He said that if you could replicate that in the laboratory, he said, I, he said, I'm telling you, you probably are sitting on a Nobel laureate find right now because organ donor rejection will be, dis- will disappear. Yeah. yeah. All of it would be a thing of the past. It is truly amazing. The evidence you've gathered. It, that's an understatement. I know. I don't know how else to put it though. Cause it's yeah. as that's the, that's another, it's just a big problem with the, the UFO field. And I think that's why a lot of people that, don't get into it because they experience the other people first. Well, the a fascinating thing is after I did the first implant surgeries, I got a phone call from a top professor at MIT. And he said, I knew him personally. And he said, Daryl, he said, I want to congratulate you on doing the implants. And I said, he said, for the courage to remove them. I said, why do you think it takes courage? He said, because you're going to be vilified and I said, but that's, I said, that I understand that. That's why I'm here. I said, my purpose is to bridge the gap between the UFO community that is real mm-hmm. versus the, the wannabes, the liars, mm-hmm. the hackers, and the, uh, the people who think they're investigators and are not, who the people like yourself who are top scientists in the world, literally. And he is. And he asked me a question. He said, how do you see yourself? And I said, well, sir, I see myself as a pioneer. He said, what is a pioneer to you? I said, a pioneer is a person who will go where others can't go, don't know how to go, or won't go. Mm -hmm. He said, and what do you do when you get there? I said, send back maps for scared men in academia to use men like you. To, to use as so that they will not lose their careers, sir. He laughed and laughed. He said, that's brilliant. He said, I said, I want to know how you see me. He said, there are four levels of civilization. Pioneer is not the first level. He said, the first level is exploration. And in my opinion, you are, and he he was one of the scientists on that 18 scientist board. Mm-hmm. He said, you are the only pioneer out there, in my opinion. Mm. I like to fill out of my chair. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I, I couldn't believe what I was hearing of this man's mouth. I mean, just uh, absolutely br- brilliant. I mean, I, 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 I could, I, I, <clears throat> I couldn't be the janitor where they work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, you know what I'm talking right. about. It, it's, I have a top secret clearance, but I, uh, I mean, I was given an honorary bachelor of science degree uh, the other day by a group of scientists that was in medical people I was speaking to on the internet, on Zoom, like this program. And uh, I did a program for them and also presented it to them in Spanish as well, because it was in several countries that were spoke Spanish. 
in Brazil and other countries in Spain, and uh, they awarded me a, a bachelor of science, honorary science degree, because I don't have that. And I quit science to uh, and quit my uh, my study at university to join the Vietnam War. My education is completely self-taught mm-hmm. and self-educated now. I've uh, I have a hypnotic anesthesia uh, rating. I do hypnotic anesthesia and surge in the OR uh, and for people so they don't have to sign off with their life. Literally, you sign a document that says you're, you could die yeah. in general anesthesia, mm-hmm. and you could. And uh, I do that, and the people heal up three to five times faster. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a master hypnotherapist. That means a person who, hypnot- who literally certifies your hypnotist, basically. I'm the guy that certifies your hypnotist and gives them their, de- their degree. Uh, I've, uh, I'm a medical hypnotherapist as well, certified med- medical hypnotherapist. I'm a master level NLP. I have uh, two instructorships in scuba diving, two instructorships in Gojuru and, and Shotokan karate. Uh, uh, anything I've ever wanted to do in life, I did. Yeah. My wife and I both. We've loved it. It's made me broke doing it because I didn't run for the money. Right. Uh, but I, but I love my life. I love every bit of it. Mm-hmm. I've been chasing the dream and now the dream's chasing me. Hmm. I think that may be a perfect place to end off for this first episode. First of many, I think. Yes. I think we'll, there will be a recurring segment. So I would love to just say that if you go to alienhunter.org, the alienhunter.com and just click on it, you can email me and, I'll send you a ton of stuff for free. I, I I don't. You can buy books or whatever you want, but uh, I'm not here to make money. I'm here, I'd love to love to do that. All my money goes back into research, mm-hmm. every bit of it. Mm-hmm. So we thank you again. But we have a special way of signing off, if you wouldn't mind. Anyways, we like to end this by counting down from three, uh, and then we all scream by into the microphones. Ready? So, yeah. Three, two, one. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Crips of the Corn podcast. Please share with a friend you think would like us. It's the best way to help our show grow. Leave a comment, rate us, a five-star review. And remember, there is always extra content on Patreon slash com. And don't forget, stay magical. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.